Sitting in the shack with Lachlan Patterson Cause it's the Lockdown Podcast Talking about whatever you want Chilling out, having a chill sesh With Lachlan's guest yeah. Good morning If you listen to podcasts in the morning If you listen in the afternoon, good afternoon Or good evening, if you're in the evening Or what? when do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to them like at four in the morning when you can't sleep? This is this is a good podcast to go to bed to. <laughs> Welcome. We're in the shack. Uh, this is episode fifty-seven of the lockdown, I believe. Maybe fifty-six, Brian. I'm not sure. You don't really keep track, do you? No. You know, I was at the playground today, and I saw a guy with a number one dead T-shirt on. Those are that was pretty cocky in the playground. I mean. Is he the only dad in there? Well, I walked up to him and I said, hey, uh, just curious, how much uh, does it cost to rent Toys R Us for an entire day? (laughs) And he goes, I couldn't tell you. And I said, well, take that fucking shirt off. (laughs) Do you know 50 Cent actually did that? I've heard of of guys doing that, but I've also heard of guys doing it for like good causes, for like a bunch of kids in need. Sure. There's the number one dad. Yeah, but doing it for like a bar mitzvah or something's not cool. Right. Then you're just obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is, I'm excited to be just the two of us. We had a wonderful episode with Dennis last week. He's, he's, <laughs> he didn't tell me, and I only can say this now is that commercial that he talked about, that Coors Light one, I sent you the link. Jeremy yeah. Renner was in it. He, he to- that's like the, how do you miss that? You had more lines than Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you don't, in a perfect world, somehow you get the lead guy to talk about that commercial too someday. Loop him and Dennis back together. <laughs> Did he call him J-Ren or something in the text? Yeah, yeah. J-Ren, J, J, J yeah. And that's one of those things when you see like before they were stars. Yeah. And you see that on him. And you'd be like, dude, I know that guy before he was a star too, Dennis. <laughs> I'll still just be Dennis from Venice to us. Yeah, that's... I don't. I don't think that's knocking. <laughs> no, 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 no. For a second, I thought that was knocking, and then that's just like, well, I'm not opening up for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just someone cleaning their their paintbrushes. Could be. So, <clears throat> did you hear that Jeff Bezos stepped down as CEO of Amazon? And then the new guy got stuck with a thing about the tips. Yes. <laughs> like, congratulations on the new Just job. Jammed him with a, a yeah. settlement lawsuit. I don't understand what that, how that works. How, who's tipping them? I get, yeah, who tips Amazon drivers? I did, apparently, there is a, a, an option to tip the driver. And then, so these guys were hoarding it, not giving it to these guys? They were. You'd think that they're so far in advance that if you were your own driver and you delivered packages for 100 people and they tipped, that it would all go back to an account for you. What right? a what a fucking scum sucking company. I you'd I hope that that's not the case, but who knows? I just be, I wouldn't be I mean, it's just that's how you get rich in this country. You on the backs of others, man. That's the only way, I guess. Also, I know when you're a CEO and when you're a multi-billionaire, you don't quit your job. You step down from it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't step down from your job at Applebee's. Applebee's dishwasher. Do you think they step down? No, no. That's uh, that'd be that'd be nice though. Do you to, make a f- to, to resign? Do you make a formal <laughs> announcement? Yeah, I like that. 
Um, I will tomorrow. I'll be making a formal examination, but as for today, I'd like to announce that I will be stepping down. From yeah, cleaning and you know, the like with sports teams, they always have that. Like we mutually decided, like, give me the camera inside there where these guys are like motherfucking each other, and then they're like, all right, let's just go mutual, whatever, however it works. You know? It's always for the press. The, the the sports world knows that the press is dying for some gossip, so they try to. Give them as little as they can. Oh yeah, they do the mutual, and then the one guy badmouths the other guy, and then it turns into this thing. Right. The only way you can really trash someone is by when you're reading the apology letter, you make it seem like you didn't write it. Oh yeah, yeah. If you remember a long time ago, Ryan Lee, twenty years ago, when he was quarterback, he right. had to read this thing, and he was like, "I'm so apologetic." He crumbled it up and threw it right in his locker. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So there's no sincerity, like those letters that are written for those guys, those guys aren't even smart enough to write those. Yeah. Like I couldn't write those letters. I wouldn't want to write one. <laughs> I would get a lawyer to write it for yeah. me and make sure that he tots every I and crosses every T yep. so that I, and when I'm done reading it, I never have to speak of it again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really like to try Okay. So uh, I wrote a couple of things down. Captain Tom Moore died at, at, at 100. Do you hear about this guy? British RAF soldier, war vet. No, but that's obviously impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. And then they announced it. Said They said with a great sadness they had to announce that he's di- he died. He's stepping down from being alive. <laughs> Somebody had me read an obituary about a guy that was like 83 the other day. Mm-hmm. He became the president, I believe, or, or head of council for Gillette. But the amount, like the shaving company, but the amount of things that he did, like where he worked his way up, how he came from a famished family and all these things and volunteered and how he traveled the world and fought in wars and kids and grandkids. It's like, fuck, man, some of these people are really out there. <laughs> like, right. Like these things are really long. I, I was like, fuck, man. Oh, yeah, obituaries are so long. Yeah, and I mean... And they make you feel shitty, like, geez, I got a lot more stuff to do. They generally, for the most part, glamorize everybody to some degree. Yeah. Like, that guy might have been an asshole to his neighbors. I'm not going to mention that. You know, you never know, but... He um, was loved by everyone, was he? (laughs) Yeah, some people that didn't love him, for sure. Also... When you die at 87, what what age was the person? I think it was 83. Or when you die at 83, I would say it's with great sadness. But when you die at 100, you know. There's no one sad. I don't think you should be sad if someone that makes it all the way to 100. You made it. It's pretty cool. It is with great congratulations that we announced the death of Captain Tom Moore. He made it to 100. He was a war vet that made it to 100. Do they do birthday announcements too? Who? Like the, I think the newspapers do. To celebrities. Yeah, well, but also like old people. Like Nana turned, you know, 95. Sometimes. I bet smaller towns they do. Yeah. You got to make it up there. You got to get up pretty high to get the, uh, the oh, national. Oh, no. It's the uh, NBC. It's the heavy set. Uh, Biggest loser? No, the heavy set black guy that lost all the weight on Al NBC. Roker? Al Roker and the guy before them, the Willard. Remember they used to do birthdays for people like turning 100? Oh, okay. So that's what I was thinking. Sorry. So with that, <laughs> great joy, you turned 100 rather than dying. I think that's the way to go. It's a celebration. Like a, a cent- centennial? Yeah. What a celebration of this person. 
Um, I got so I got that stuff down. I heard this on at the playground uh, that I, I never thought I'd have to say to my kids. Like I always thought, you know, being a dad, you, know, you have an imagination of what you're gonna have to teach your kid. I'd never thought I'd have to say, "Don't lick the slide." Mm. <laughs> Out loud. He, where was he looking? <laughs> was he looking underneath the slide? Thankfully, no. <laughs> front side of the slide. <laughs> the He's bottom. not a filthy, disgusting boy. Oh, uh, yeah. Well. <clears throat> but our buddy Joel is out in, in Louisiana. He's in Nashville, isn't he? Was he? Joel? Oh, yeah. I think he maybe is. Yeah. His, been, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram. He's in Nashville. I can always just tell by the way his blinds are. Oh, really? Yep. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> you don't want to all the all the burglars on the no i thought i thought of him the other day. The podcast. I, I read a I read an article about a lady that was getting a hard time she was an older lady getting a hard time about still having her christmas lights up yeah <laughs> like look out the window and he still got his christmas lights up. he does <laughs> yeah yeah you did you told them on the podcast yeah how, how is going to the park is every park different with kids how is it in venice when you go in there do you have to is it like a dog park I mean, yes. So it's, same shit. You got a little bit. You got to keep. I guess you got to keep an talk. eye on your dogs. Yeah. You got to keep an eye on your kid. I saw a kid do a header yesterday right onto the fucking pavement, <laughs> and he and he, Sorry. dude, it was it was hard to watch. I was talking to another dad, and this kid fell, and he was a heavy kid, head face plant right on the cement. And uh, the lady who was watching him was a mom. She was in her phone, so she didn't see it. But we were like... But everybody's more... I mean, you know, at the dog park, you know, you're obviously looking out. But with the kid stuff, you're like, I don't like that. That kid looks like he has fucking cooties. I don't want him running around with the crush. Oh, I can't tell where... Cooties are very hard to spot. But I do find there's a lot of asshole kids. And mm. I try to keep... He, he's good. Like, he's like super nice. Yeah. And he floats above the asshole kids really well, which is great. He doesn't let them, like this girl yesterday wouldn't share with him. And she's like, got her hands around all these, um, like pine cones. And she's, and he, and, cause there, it's, it's under an oak tree. And so she, or pine tree. And so he goes to reach for one of the pine cones and she goes, no, mine. Mm. And so I said, Hey buddy, you want a carrot? And he comes over and he grabs the carrot for me and he walks back to her and he hands her the carrot and she goes, no. And then he just giggles and he just walks away. Like, <laughs> I wish I could do that. Yeah, very impressive. Don't lick the slide. Do you remember playing on the playground as a kid? Yeah, a little bit. Now they got rubber matting all, all over the place. The The park that, was, that I hung out in, it looked like uh fucking Normandy. Yes. Like there was the, they had this big tower, which as a kid, it was like, so tall but it's probably 25 feet wow but you could get out on side of this thing and like walk around the top and then just know that there's no park now that would i mean it was just unsafe to like bars bent and all shit and swings i mean it just it was like a grenade went off in there <laughs> and there's rust <laughs> oh yeah rust. There's a lot rust. of places to get infected mm -hmm. oh, God, that's, yeah. that's how we that's how we grew up yeah and this one these parks here are, are nice I'm from Vancouver on the West Coast, and so all all the parks when I was a kid, they were because they were concrete, they would grow moss and algae, and get real slippery. Everything was slippery and deadly. 
not not good for a park. No, but now everything's plastic and rubber and, you know, I guess it's good. I mean, I, I feel like you got to get take a few licks. For sure. I feel like we had it we had it right. I don't not as many parents were at the I mean I remember going there was no parent. I never really went with my parents. There's like from like what like I don't know like 5 to 9 or 10s when you're going like alone, maybe not that old. Now they got playgrounds for 2 to 5 and then they got playgrounds for 5 to 10. So I go to the he can handle all of them. He's That's pretty, cool. Yeah, he's good. Hopefully hopefully he'll uh I can't wait till I'm able to play with him more. Like, I really just hang out with him while he plays. Ah. But eventually we'll play sports together and stuff. Sounds exciting. Tennis, maybe. Very cool. What would you want to get him into? Maybe play an instrument. You know, do you ever play a musical instrument? No, it's something that I, I missed out on. We had a piano at home, and I just thought it was honestly just not cool. Really? And I think now it'd be one of those things where if you're out with friends and you could sit down and play, I don't know. Like Joel. Yeah, anything like him. I mean, he played it as, he had a big band at his wedding and he jumped in and like played. Oh, that's nice. I mean, yeah. So to that, the ability to just do that at a hotel or whatever. I mean, he goes, when he flies, when Joel flies Delta, they have like that piano out there somewhere and he just sits down and plays. Really? Like at the airport. Yeah. Jesus. So that's, you know, but whatever instrument it is, it, it would be cool to have done that i flew i flew spirit airlines and when you go into their lounge they got like a i got a a didgeridoo and a harmonica and an old dusty old are you serious set of tambourines (laughs) (laughs) kidding uh no any instrument it's great to be able to just impress people like that i think golf's an important thing golf Mm -hmm. you want to teach them golf yeah, I mean, you want him to be able to go out there with his friends and kind of like my dad always said, just you want to go embarrass yourself. You know, you want to be able to, somebody says, hey, do you want to play? I suck, man, but you can put together 18 holes and get 100. How did I look out there? Did I, do I know enough? <laughs> you have one club. I brought one club, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like golf is weird. It's like, I love nature. I just, I just, I just want it to be a quarter inch above the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's just a destruction of land to me. It's such a it's such a destruction, a demolition of wildlife to play a silly game. True. I mean, get them good at fucking frisbee, froth. Um, yeah, beach fall, anything. I don't know. I mean, there's this. I don't. I mean, I'm not a. As I've gotten older, not a big team sport guy. I don't know if you are, but I play basketball, my and hockey and tennis and soccer and football and rugby and lacrosse and. Mm, you did it all. Uh, yeah, my dad got me in everything. All of them, basketball, I think I fell in love with. That was the first one where I was like, this is every day for me. Did you like to box out? Yeah, I love to box out. <laughs> <laughs> I love to box out. But tennis is weird. Tennis starts out in love, right? You're both in love, and then it, and then you're trying to get, take advantage. You're trying to get advantage. It is odd when you see a a guy and a female golfing or playing tennis together. Or going to the gym together. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's, That relationship's not going to last. Total psycho move. (laughs) My mom and dad golf together, but yeah, they have a lot of ground rules. Because my dad can't keep his mouth shut. So like, don't... Like, if she's having a bad round, like, don't try and help her with her swing? Yeah. Usually my mom actually plays better than my dad, too. Oh. 
But my dad's classic move is you, you, you hit a bad shot and he goes to his clubs and grabs a club and hands it to you and goes, try this one out next time. <laughs> and he's dead serious. And it's I, like, I think that's a dad thing. I think oh, my dad said that to me. I'll be at the range it. and my dad will hit a good one. I'm like, dude, hit, hit this one. I'm like, okay. Doesn't, I don't know. It's, I guess it's a kind way of saying, hey, if this works for me, it may work for you. I hate it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still learning mechanics and you're, you're handing me more uh, options to fuck up. Good point. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about like my, why I got into comedy. Do, oh, by the way, I still haven't heard back from America's Got Talent. I never heard back. So Is, uh, I don't know how long it takes, but they told me they're shooting next month. Is that uh, when people do that kind of thing? Is it is the follow up standard like a like a job search? Like you, some you don't you know you follow up like two days later or whatever. I don't know. Well, I, don't I, know. I would suggest following up. Okay. I sent a little video bio of. They said, "Tell us a little fun fact," and so I told them the story. I had that uh, I didn't. I don't think I've ever told on the podcast about the first time I made someone laugh really the first time probably the most inspirational moment in my life where it led me to do stand-up comedy i was uh eating raisins <clears throat> with my buddy when i was eight and my buddy andrew renison uh i was telling him that my mom told me her sister put raisins up her nose and got them stuck in her nose and she had to go to the emergency room and it was a whole nightmare Anyway, that really happened. Yeah, Jesus, dude. Right. <laughs> so there I am eating raisins with my buddy Andrew, and the phone rings. He goes to pick up the phone, and when he turns around, I had I stuck two raisins right in my nose, right here, and I had just had them resting in there, and he started laughing his ass off at me, which caused me to laugh, and yeah, I good. snorted the raisins right into my nose, and freaked out. And he collapsed and fell to the floor laughing. And I coughed the raisins out right in front of him and watched him completely wet his pants. <laughs> Dude, that's, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't just, I mean, that's, yeah, that's one form of funny, but it's interesting that it took you to do stand up. It was a laugh that, you know, <clears throat> I always thought that was an expression that was just like, oh, wet your pants laughing, but you can actually do it. And to me, he just looked like he was having so much fun and I was enjoying this experience. It was almost like a, I created this laugh, this, this great feeling. He's having such a great feeling that he lost control completely. <laughs> if he shit his pants, you'd not be so impressed. No. How, what was your first show like? Like how, what was oh, it man. like? How did you get the build up? You were going to watch people and then you were like, Hey, I got to get up on stage. My girlfriend all- dumped me, uh, dumped me. She was never, yeah, I was only, I was like 19 and she had, uh, she told me she just, we lived too far away from each other. We live like the equivalent of from here to like, I I don't know, Studio City. And so that that is, that's not doable out here. No, now, because you don't love somebody or you don't really (laughs) like somebody, but if you really like somebody and she, and the, and she happened to live in Studio City. You'd be like, oh fuck. Well, I guess I got to go to Studio City. Yeah, that's how I felt. But her side of it, I guess she didn't like me as much. <laughs> so, 
I took it like any 19 year old and I freaked out and just signed up for an open mic comedy night at a comedy club. And were you thinking about it beforehand? People had always told me I should be a stand up comedian. Um, It was the one thing I think I was most afraid of public speaking. I was a very awkward child. I was, I sat in the back of the class. Yep. Me and my friends would take like an F over getting up in front of the class and doing a presentation. Same here, man. Yeah. It was scary. So uh, I guess I just did it because I felt like doing something crazy. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't really know what I had done. But as soon as I called and they said, all right, you're up next Thursday. It was like Sunday. And so I had to put together a set. And I told all my friends, and all my friends came to the show. And uh, I got on stage, and I just did these things that made them laugh before. It wasn't really stand-up comedy. It was just me doing things that I had gotten a laugh from. Mm -hmm. Impersonations. Yep. Shit like that. And uh, at the end of it, I got off stage, thought I was awesome. Thought I was an amazing guy. She even came to the show and thought I was amazing. The was, chick, the ex? The chick, yeah. She it's came as well. some nerve now. Well, because she had no feelings invested. She's like, oh, we're friends. <laughs> Let's be friends. And I was like, oh, man. Anyway. That would, that would, that would, I mean, that, that would sort of uh, mess with me. It did. It messed with me. It also messed with me for the next two years. Nobody ever brought up that I got on stage and did that. I thought that would carry me into... You know, so for two years, no one said a thing to you about it. No, and I started to think about it. I'm like, why is no one saying, "Hey, you were hilarious that one time," anymore? And so I started to examine whether or not I was hilarious. And I thought, well, maybe I'm not hilarious. Maybe I should, um, maybe I should see if I really did do stand up, or if I just tried it. This, you know, almost like karaoke versus trying a career of 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 music. So I took a class. I was in college. I was miserable. And someone I knew said, hey, I was looking through the program for your college. And they actually have a, a, a night school class in stand-up comedy. And I was already taking English class till 4. So I just hung out. And at 7, I took the, the stand-up comedy workshop. And the first class, the guy teacher goes, all right. Here's some things about stand-up. Here's ask me any questions. We got to know each other. He said next week you come back. We're gonna you're gonna do a set in front of the entire class. So I was excited. I went home. I wrote all these bits and I came to the class and I grew up on stand-up watching it. Mm-hmm. My dad had a Steve Martin cassette tape that he kept in the Volkswagen van, and we would just listen to that all the time. And then A&E had Evening at the Improv, and I would watch that. And I'd get old VHS tapes of Comic View episodes. with like, oh, Wow. Yeah. So it was like in your blood. I feel like it's it was I was going that way. My dad loved comedy, too. And in Canada, too, on, on the comedy network up there, since I was a little kid, Canada and C, the CBC network played stand-up comedy from the Montreal Comedy Festival all weekend long. And that's a huge... That's where all of our friends go up to it, that show, right? Exactly. It's the biggest comedy festival in the world. But did you play at that? I've been a couple of times, yeah. I haven't been since 2006. That's Would the lo- one you go up there, try and crush as a young guy, and 
it springboards you is that what it is that's new faces i did that oh yeah yeah and uh i think uh after that um i did it a gala while i was in canada but haven't been back i'm sure it's because i didn't have a great set i was i was, uh, I was still new in 2006 so i think i just had a really good set in the um audition anyway um so what happened so you go to the so you go back to the first class i go back to the first class i go on stage i get off stage i sit down uh i do my set yeah everyone laughed a lot like i like i i went back to my seat and i sat down and i watched all the other guys do their sets I get off. We get. We go outside. They do smoke breaks in night school. I watched. Uh, I watched Barry. Yeah. Have you watched that? Yeah. When like they're always like breaking and uh, the Fonz is like. It's just like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I get it. I get it. So we go outside of the classroom for a little smoke break, and all the kid, all the other students in the class, kids. These are adults. Some of them are in their sixties and seventies. All of them are coming up to me and going, "How did you do that?" And I didn't know what they were talking about. I just did what I know, what I mm-hmm. figured out how to do. But what I took from that was that, that I think this is what I'm supposed to do. It's cool. If these people think that I'm good, <clears throat> I'm going to keep doing it. So I took the class again. I met a guy who was a, a male exotic dancer. He was in the class. He wanted to get out of exotic dancing and get into stand-up. No shit. Yeah. Very entrepreneurial. <laughs> that would be great to be an exotic dancer. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, he had it all mapped out, too. He's like, I've done all these clubs already as an exotic dancer. Now I can reach out to them and double up and do the following week as a stand-up comedian. He was about making money. Well, in no time, he was calling me and saying, hey, I got a tour set up. And I had done like 10 minutes of comedy I, wow. I probably done very little comedy and he's like me you and another guy are gonna go to the island vancouver island and we're just gonna do a little tour he set up like press interviews with oh the, shit he, oh my god man i was it was way was this beyond sort of me embarrassing like because it, he was so like this guy was like almost like such a salesman he was full of shit he was full of shit yeah i mean you but guys are fresh out of two classes right? it was ridiculous he also, he had all these ideas. Like, he didn't follow the teacher. The teacher, he was like, all right, I need to listen to this teacher because I'm in the class. But really what I'm going to do here is just learn, get enough information to go and do it myself. And what he figured out is that was when the internet was brand new. And he found a bunch of web internet jokes. And he had an hour in like a month. And he, of just other people's jokes or just, you know, what do they call them? Street jokes. And uh, he printed all the jokes out on a piece of paper that was about a one inch wide by, by three feet long. I'm familiar with it from school. Crib sheet? A crib sheet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like a like in jail, what do they call it? Uh, I forget. I don't know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah. Well, he, he, he taped it along the microphone stand, all the way down the microphone stand. He just taped it along it. So he'd be kind of looking out at the crowd, then kind of glance down and yeah. pick up. Yeah, he and he would just looked at it, and it was at numbered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and he, he just went around doing this and and killing. I got to work on my set. I went up before him. It was great. So he, I got paid. So somehow he was the big enchilada of this thing. He was the guy running. He was putting it all together. So then, 
I mean, dude, that's like one of those things you do. Uh, you do a show on that. Yeah. Like you watched Dave recently. That's yeah. How, like how he talks about what he was like or whatever before. Like that is <laughs> if Lachlan Patterson becomes a big Lachlan Patterson, you got to do a show on that shit. <laughs> it's it was it was remarkable. He um, it was I was in the fast lane of comedy for me. Like I remember going into his hotel room when he was getting ready, and there was coke, and it's like, dude, we've been do, we've done like we've done two shows in our whole life, and you're already like doing coke on the road. <laughs> he was into it, huh? Yeah, he was. I mean, he was he was young and handsome, and I guess he just he wanted to make money. And uh, I think he saw stand-up as a way to make money. I never had seen it that way. Thank God. Cause but could that be done now? Could somebody take the bull by the horns and that idea and try and run around just up there? Or could you do it anywhere? Or is it just too convoluted now? I've, all, I've always said that um, perseverance is uh, far stronger than talent. If you are perseverant, if you if you have that that perseverance that level that he had it didn't matter what he did for a living he was going to make money now he's a bit of a corner cutter i knew that stand up i didn't want to be a stand up who had an hour of material if i it wasn't mine and uh it didn't catch him but he he brought another guy with us and the other guy i remember so we went to do this show on the island and the guy Vancouver Island and the guy we were, the guy who he brought with us is like, he said, okay, Lachlan and Steve, you guys got to do 15. And Steve's like, I don't have 15. I didn't have 15 either, but my idea, my goal was to just stretch my five minutes. And I figured I could do that because I, I don't know. <clears throat> what Have you ever gone up and like you got five minutes and you're like, fuck, I'm done in three? Totally. <laughs> Early on, Totally. And yeah, it sucks. I, I think that that's probably in the beginning of your career, you're going through it faster. Yeah. I mean, it'd be better to go long. You better to be like, oh, I didn't get to that one than to be like, fuck, dude. And if you didn't get to it, you probably had a great set. If you have, if you're actually saying to yourself in your head, oh, shit, I need more material, then you weren't doing that well the whole set. You were talking fast, which means there weren't a lot of laughs. So. This guy admitted it. He's like straight up. I don't have that type of time. Don't ask me to do that kind of time. I can't do that time. And so, so there's a little battle on the on the tour. Yeah. And so the dude goes, <laughs> just just use someone else's jokes from our class. And um, that we had worked with. How 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 can anyone remember that? He because we knew each other's jokes. Yeah, but from other people's class, like the other people that didn't go on tour, you knew. There was a close knit group of these guys. Oh, okay, okay. That were all. St he was also bringing on the road, and he's like, "I was on the road with this guy last week. He did this bit. You know the bit. Do his bit." Oh, got it, got it, got it. And he's like, "I'm not going to do someone else's bit." And he goes, "You got to do someone else's bit if you're going to do your time. You don't get paid if you don't do <laughs> your time." This guy is like going to kill you, too. <laughs> right? So he gets I'm up. Intimidated. And, so he gets up. We all have, I guess, good sets or not. I don't even remember, but we get through it. And at the end of the night. We're at the back of the bar playing pool, and there's still some patrons in the bar from the show. And do they come up and, hey, nice show and all this stuff? Yeah. Um, I told you we did some press. Well, some press came. So the guy from who owns the bar 
puts the TV on, and on the TV is the show that we were on the week before, and they're showing clips of the stand-up comedy we did, and one of the clips is from the guy, dude at the pool table with me, stole a joke from. So everyone in the bar is watching the TV, they're watching this guy do the bit that they had just watched Steve do live, Ten an hour ago, ten minutes ago, I don't remember. How. So they realize that he stole that joke. Someone stole this joke, and they all get really awkward. The whole place gets awkward. Steve gets the most awkward because he's like, "I should have never done that. Now I'm a thief, and they can tell I'm yeah, a thief. Yeah. I got to get out of here." He starts freaking out, and uh, I got to experience sort of a lot of the. I got to experience that third party, uh, the feeling of guilt of of stealing another person's joke and. I, I think I knew right then that I uh, I didn't ever want to do that. I'd rather bomb than go through that experience. Isn't like the the most famous stealing jokes? The I don't know the guy's name, but the, when Joe Rogan yelled at somebody. Oh, uh, Carlos Mencia. Yeah, Carlos Mencia or Mencina. I don't. I thought he. I mean, I don't know what, what the story was, but I thought Rogan. Did he need go to a show and heckle him? Yeah, the Mencia police? was doing other people's bits. Specifically, uh, Ari Shafir had a bit. Rogan and Ari Shafir were bros. I think Rogan was bringing Ari on the road with him. So, yeah. He had a joke about... um, uh, I think it was about building the wall, if you can believe it. Isn't that coincidence? I think it was like Bush wants to build a wall or something. (laughs) Anyway, wow, that's crazy. Anyway, it went viral. Rogan got removed from the store for a long time for it. Um, but Mencia, you know, I feel like it was, it's, it was just a, it was just a, a matter of time before Mencia's career stopped. Oh, I don't know. He still had a big show at the time, but it trickled off. I think that the general public, it, it, they must have, you know, Rogan's fans. Jesus, if you, if you, I mean, Mencia just didn't. I mean, he must have got all sorts of hate. There's only a couple people that climbed to the top. I mean, fuck. Somebody called me out on YouTube for stealing yesterday. She goes, I really like your comedy, but this joke is someone else's joke. And I'm, and, and I, uh, she writes, it sucks. She wrote it. She wrote it on, in a comment. She wrote, I'll read it here. (laughs) And I, um, I was pissed. Let's see. Was it the same one or a little different or what was it? She wrote, I love your comedy. I like your comedy, but your outstanding balance joke is stolen from Carl Barron. He's been doing it for years. Not cool. So I wrote, um, I think I wrote something like, I believe what you're trying to say is... uh, another comedian has a very similar joke to mine and it makes you unhappy. <laughs> I don't steal jokes. Please send me a link to the, uh, yeah. the copy so I can see the similarity. I looked everywhere and I can't find it. Have you ever heard of the comedian? I have. I I mean, I've never met him. I've never worked with him. It's the kind of thing where you reach out to him and be like, hey, dude. I, if I have to, I look, look, I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight over the outstanding balance joke. If he, if his is better than mine, if his is, you know, it's kind of a case by case basis. It's like, uh, 
It's like Dolly Parton in the song from The Bodyguard. <laughs> that was her song. But then uh, Whitney Houston covered it. Now it's Whitney Houston's song. Okay. So. <laughs> it's not like that at all. <laughs> no, I, I didn't I just, do a cover of another guy's joke. I'm not. What happened is the joke isn't probably that original. That's usually what it is. And I hate admitting that, but if someone else and I have the same joke, it's definitely not because I stole it, but it is, there is, I have to look at the joke and see how, how original it is. So I really want to see his version. I, um, I tweak that joke a lot to make it really unique. It's, you know, I just got a letter from my bank, outstanding yeah. balance. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. And then I add a couple of tags. They call me every week to remind me um, that I've exceeded my limits. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you tell me that he wrote all that, Elena Brown. You tell me he that's his bit. Send it to me. Or if someone else has a copy of it, send it to me. I've written bits that other people have already had. I've talked about it on the podcast. Mario Joyner, who opens for Jerry Seinfeld, good friends with Jerry. He's been in episodes of Seinfeld. Very successful comedian. Has a bit about um, how every other cancer besides prostate cancer, they have a computer to tell you that you have it, to measure it. But prostate cancer, they're still using the finger. And I, I was a closer I had for a long time. And it's like, um, and I had all these different levels. I even, my neighbor was a doctor. So I was asking her about it mm -hmm. and doing research. And then I'm doing a show and my buddy opens for Mario Joyner and goes, Mario has that bit. So I went and looked and I saw Mario's version. It was just too similar for me to continue doing, especially since Mario's bit is, it's in the ether. It's, it's a very well-known bit. So you almost concede the... Of course. Yeah. I don't ever... First of all, even if I, Elena Williams sends me a link to an mm -hmm. Outstanding Balance bit by Carl Barron that's not even remotely close to mine, which I'm guessing it is, <clears throat> it's still going to make me not enjoy doing that bit anymore because oh, yeah. someone else has a bit like it. I'm trying so hard to be original. So I just won't do it. It's like showing up to a party, wearing a flannel, and somebody else is wearing the same flannel. Totally. Now I get it. Even if you think your flannel's better than theirs. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been in like bars before and I've been like wearing like a flannel and saw a guy and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I like look over, look, and I'm like, oh, my pattern's a little different. <laughs> and then I feel all better. You do? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. But you, you're probably the next time you open your cl closet. That thing's staying back there. Yeah. So I think that's right too, Brian. I think that it, to me, that's, that's, uh, that's noble. That's strong. That's, that's the integrity I'm going for is, uh, I want all my bits to surprise people. I don't want any of my bits to, uh, remind people of another bit. Most of your bit, what I've listened to your shows, your bits have been things that like, I never even think about, think about that are funny. It's like the male all your other ones stamps and things with like your wife says i'll talk to you and we'll talk about this later means <laughs> you're fucked forever for sure I so mean, and i guess that's why people laugh <laughs> yeah sorry i go into my notes because you just brought up bits 
just because I buy something doesn't mean I want to be a fan of it. Do you ever notice that? I bought a barcode for that book. You know, you have to buy barcodes, and they're like a hundred and something dollars. I always wondered. Uh, you remember, like in what was it? What was that thing when it went from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand? Oh, the gen. Uh, was it the millennium? Y two K. Y two K, and like all the things were gonna go defunct or bankrupt. <laughs> How many fucking barcodes can there be? There's, <laughs> there's for literally every piece of thing that's everywhere. There's a bar. So I didn't. That's 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 amazing. There's a barcode society, man. And they they invited me to join the barcode society. They invite me to barcode Zoom meetings and what the fuck do I want to? I just want the barcode. There's probably some sort of thing where you can get in and buy all those up, like domain names back in the day and all that shit. It's infinite though. It's just a way of organizing things. Ah, sorry, I just popped a beer. Anyway, I I wrote here the barcode meetings on Zoom. That's just a stupid thing, Brian. I just wrote down. Um, do you know that bunnies have two poops? No, what's what's the difference? One, uh, so bananas poops two different kinds of poop. One of the poops is just his regular poop that he poops everywhere. And every once in a while, he drops a little wet one that stinks. And he eats that. And it's an important part of their diet. That's amazing. I know. You saw. I saw you go in your notes there. You got something? No, I sent the uh, the link to the show to somebody, and somebody goes, "Have you listened to it yet?" And I wrote back, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> you don't listen to any of them. No, I will listen to the Dennis one. Okay. Uh, I heard this, the kind of comparable to your bunny. If we consumed humans as fast as we consumed meat, the human population would be extinct in seventeen days. Wow. I don't know if that's true, but that's awesome. I mean, think about think about how many like chickens and shit are eaten or whatever. I don't even everything. Yeah. I mean, when you look at those like chicken houses, there's like a shitload of them in there. That sounds like a great movie. Seven call it 17 days. And it's just down to two guys and one of them wants to eat the other one. The more, you know, I can't do you ever find these things like do you ever watch in like a movie and you can't remember it? But as a kid, but you remember little bits of it. I remember like when the world ended, but these people lived that were inside of steel containers. So like people that were like helping people move, they were like in like an 18 wheeler and this thing came over the world and everybody else got wiped out, but they lived because they were in these like containers. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's probably true about the future. You better build a container. I don't know what movie that is, Brian. Does anyone know what movie that Brian's talking about? <laughs> I don't know it was one with the color red. And these guys went through a hole and they went straight through the earth and ended up in China. <laughs> what? Yeah. Every time they saw red, and it was like, it's, fuck. I don't remember that one either. And then the other ones, I already pinned them on. Remember HBO used to have those things that were like those horror movies back in the day? Right. I don't remember what they were called. They still have those. Nah, they're not that. They're like... It's like a series of like gremlins and shit. Like V? Do you remember V for Visitors? No. It was an 80s sci-fi series about these aliens that integrated with us anyway. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, did you hear that uh, t- 
two people tried to paint uh, to change the Hollywood sign to Hollyboob, and they got arrested. You've been up there, right? Yeah, that'd be hard to do anything up there. Totally, so, you have to hike. I mean, it's uh, and there's a big fence. I oddly enough, I have a friend that lives up there, and it is like right below it. One probably one of the ten closest houses. And you look at, I just, I'd rather than everyone else, everyone else looks out at the city, the city, cities and look, but the signs like kind of iconic. You look at it like, dude, what the fuck is that? It's just letters with a big fence around it. Yep. And security and all that stuff. I never saw the security. We used to live up there. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Beachwood. Yeah. And uh, we'd go up on a hike every once in a while. Uh, I never thought Holly boob, but that's pretty, that was pretty awesome. Holly, remember the Holly weed? Holly weed, yeah. But this one looked a little different. Where like they just tried to slide something over the letter. Yeah, they had it all pre-made. It looks and that like. that little hottie that did it, that girl, like, there's no way that girl's doing that. Mm-hmm. She's got to hire like five guys, like you and I would hire to like get a U-Haul and move an apartment. Man, as soon as you start walking up there with your big letters, people are coming <laughs> down texting. Yeah. Somebody's doing something. Yeah, plus there's police up there. Probably. Up on top. So, yeah, there's a ranger station up there. Yeah, and then there's, you know, I don't know. So that's a bizarre thing. Miss Pac-Man, who is this bitch? She's not married to him because she's a miss, but she's taken his name for her last name. Is she actually a person in the show? Miss Pac-Man? Yeah, she's that little she's, she's like female. She's got her own video game. Oh, I, I thought she was in the game with Pac-Man. It's been a long time since I played. It's regular Pac-Man, and then there's Miss Pac-Man. I just <laughs> leave-in conditioner. I love it. I use it a lot. How come no leave-in soap? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Well, how long you? I guess you get wet, you soap, and you leave. True. No need to rinse. Hair's different. It's got all the oil in it. Considering your fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> um. This is what I'm going to do. you have something? I saw you look through your phone. Do you got some lovely uh, things to say? I can't, oh, I can't remember now. That's okay. Uh, I got. I think I wrote something in here. I figured out Excel. You did? <laughs> yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Hey, do you like it now? I'm fired up. You are? Yeah, I'm pumped up. When you When you get Excel... I mean, you'll forget it again. It's, for some reason, you forget it. But when you forget it, when you know Excel, it feels so good. When you drag, when you type that number in, and it, the next box just appears. The, the, the formula and yes. shit. Whoever came up with that? It's fucking genius. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's in everything, dude. Yeah. That kind of code is in like website design, everything. Banking. You're talking about SpaceX not landing? Oh, man. Did anyone die? No, but it's crazy to think like that they're going to put four people up there, four civilians, <laughs> and they can't land that thing. If I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to that thing. You got to be able to land. It's the no, toughest it's, part. It's one guy, I think it was on 60 Minutes it, this past week. That's why I saw it. And then that's maybe why they ran it, because they were doing the test on this week. But, yeah, if you can't land it, those guys, I mean, you can't put four people up in that thing. We always want to get people up there. Yeah. If it's nothing without the people. Well, let's just start with getting planes to go faster. 
You don't want oh, just like ch- chartered planes. Like no, like if I'm on a Southwest commercial? flight, why is it still six hours to go cross country? Fucking, it's been knock, six hours for a lot of years. Yeah, let's knock that down to four. Yeah, and then maybe we can think about going up there. Yeah, why isn't it speeding up? No, I don't know. Cars. I, it's actually gotten longer uh, because the times that they're they're building in times because they're always so fucking delayed. So they're. I don't, it's, it's, you know, when you land, they're always like, oh, we're going to be there 625, six hours and 25 minutes. We're going to be there in five minutes and 50. It makes you like, it's like a mental thing. Yeah. Why does it take so long for them to get on the goddamn plane? Because people are idiots. Fucking back to front. What am I missing? Idiots. Or let people get on the back. Stupid people. Yeah. There's a lot of stupid people on this planet. That's why I feel like, you know, this, this COVID thing almost, you know, needs to run its course because it's all, all the stupid people are the ones uh, who aren't wearing their masks and, and partying and laughing and gotta listen to Fauci, man. I heard him on NPR today. That guy's, that guy's figured everything out. He compared it to the HIV virus too and how they really had to. They had to get things going pretty fast because the the gay community was uh, hardest hit by it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you wait for FDA approval for drugs, you know, it'll be too late. And I think they did the same thing with the COVID vaccines. It still doesn't have FDA approval, but they want to stop this thing. They want to eliminate it. They don't want it to be like the flu every year. They want it to be like smallpox and polio where it's done. What if, what if, and I do too. What if everyone just stopped talking about it? Mm. What if they say came out on the news tomorrow and said, "Dude, it's done. No need for masks." Would we be good, or would everyone start getting? Would would it just be like a shit show again? I think well, it'd be interesting I, to see if this thing really. I believe in it, but like, would it really? You want to let it roll? Well, yeah. I think I just. I don't know. What if you could? Okay, so. We might have to deal with this forever, or if we take care of it now, no one will ever have to deal with it again. I don't, I don't agree with that. It's you're gonna have to deal with like then the next thing's gonna come, and the next thing's gonna come. But there wasn't anything before this that we had a problem with it, except the flu. Oh uh, yeah, I guess a good point. So if if this if they could get a bi- vaccine in us that does what the polio vaccine does they eliminated polio yeah this polio is very rare i don't worry about polio do you no do you wake up in the morning and put on your polio pants no no yeah i guess that's right i thought there was something just in children yeah i don't know what polio is to be honest something i believe it's in um like developmental like in your legs that's why i said pants oh i get it (laughs) i missed that one Instead of a mask, you got to wear special pants. Yeah. Right. Sometimes people wear two pairs of pants because they're fucking batshit. You wearing two pants? Yeah, you know. Then you get the new, the who said wear two pairs. <laughs> I won't say why my buddy said this, but one time I was talking to a guy and he's like, hey, man, you better wear two pairs of underpants around that guy. <laughs> 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 One of the greatest things. I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah, I remember... You know, my friends would be like, you better double up with her. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's such a creepy. Mm-hmm. Don't say that. But yes, I will. Well, Brian, I think uh, 
I'll be stepping down from this podcast. You should host this podcast. No. You did a great job on that Dennis Gubbins episode. That was fun. Thank you very much. You ask questions. You listen well. Thank you. We let Dennis talk. Man, did he talk. But he's a good talker. What do you got to do today? Anything? <laughs> what you saw me texting was that guy who was circling my house. Send me a picture from him inside my house. No, he didn't. <laughs> yes. You let him in your house? No, I didn't let him in my house. Have you let him in your house before? Well, Clearly. He's a friend, yeah. He's just, what's what's your friend? You can't talk about him on the podcast. He might listen. Are you probably going to listen because I told him I was doing a podcast. <laughs> so you're going to go over there and just. Uh, I'm going to go in there and be like, hey, bud. Tell him something sad. <laughs> hey, thanks. Come on and hang in. My mom just passed away. That and then see if he leaves. I'll do. Oh, we'll see if he's still there. Maybe. I have to bury my cat in the backyard. Can you? <laughs> can you hand me that? Yeah. Can you give me a hand? Hand me that box. Yeah, I will. You know, I'm uh, gonna be in Utah. I'm gonna be doing comedy in Utah. Oh, uh, well, I know you're moving up north. I'm going up north for yeah, Brian. I'm, you guys know I'm going. I'm getting out of town. I'm going to Ventura for two months however when i get back <clears throat> i will be at wise guys april 9th and 10th is that a good club wise guys west jordan is a brand new club i've never been there i don't is know west where, jordan a city or a road it's a city i've i've keith stubbs runs the club he's a comedian turned comedy club owner and he's a great guy That's i cool. love utah every time you get off the plane in salt lake city there's a bunch of people cheering, and they got banners, and they're celebrating. What? Because people are coming home from pilgrimages. Oh, no shit, huh? Yeah, so when you go down the... I don't think it's pilgrimages, dude. What is it? <laughs> they're just happy they're home? Oh, it's missions. Missions, I mean. <laughs> missions. What's the difference between a mission and a pilgrimage? I think a pilgrimage was... It wasn't just people that were going away for two years. A pilgrimage was like legit people like those i think it's like a pilgrimage like those people in guatemala trying to come to the united states oh so they're literally migrating yeah they're they're migrating like the okay. pilgrims remember they went from i believe they went from europe to boston right so it doesn't make <laughs> sense that they're returning you can't return from a pilgrimage <laughs> yeah so they're there for like their two-year mormons mission mission they generally yes. go from 18 to 20 well every time i come down the escalator there's always someone behind me or in front of me who's who's they're waiting for that is bizarre. I've caught a couple of those big families or like a army guy coming back and yep. stuff. I, I just can't. I can't. Get, I can't park my car at an airport and walk <laughs> inside if I'm not getting on a plane. <laughs> I'll see you in the car on the curb. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah, Welcome well, home. Yeah, we'll celebrate at home. We don't need to do it. Nobody at needs the baggage to, claim. Nobody needs to see the shit. No, yeah. We're horrible people. <clears throat> I agree. They're really Remember, nice. Remember back in the day, you could go. Say you were flying somewhere, somebody could come meet you at the gate. Yes. And then if you were delayed, they could go to the bar. Mm -hmm. Think about how fucking crowded it is now. Imagine if everybody, like, you could go have a beer down there if you wanted to. Yeah. If you were bored on a Friday with somebody, be like, dude, let's just go down there and try and pick up some ass. Let's go hang out at the Delta Terminal. Right. You could go down there and do that. Mm -hmm. Hey, where are you going? Yeah, maybe, I don't know, you didn't have to have a ticket. 
You didn't have to have a ticket. You had to, you had to go through a little bit of a metal detector, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. We fucked that up. Ah, everything's ruined. <laughs> I mean, it still doesn't... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not like... Is it that much safer now? I don't know. And why, is, why would anyone... I mean, besides 9-11, like... Are people really going after airplanes? Were they ever really before? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know. It is nice to know that... It doesn't matter now. If you try to stand up and say, we are taking the plane... I'm taking you out. I'm charging you. Did you watch United 93? No. Or Flight 93? Is it good? It's or- intense. It's intense. That's why Mark Wahlberg got in trouble for saying the shit that you said. What? Because Mark Wahlberg said, like, I would have taken those guys out. Sure. No, I'm not saying what I would have done. <laughs> but I think now people are better prepared for that. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think everybody would... I think that's probably... Yeah, people probably weren't used to it or even the thought of it yeah now it's like it's been it's been you know we we go through the whole experience getting on the plane if someone tries that i'm like no motherfucker i know you don't have anything on you but a pocket knife or a fork yeah 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 yeah. i'm taking you out he may at best have slipped through a bottle or a bottle of water totally i know that flight 93 one wasn't was that the, the whole thing was it was traumatizing to watch to be honest mm-hmm. think about it guys putting on the headbands you know if you sit down in first class and you sit down next like and you're that guy that sits down and he, you'll see it and he sits down next to whatever you want to call it all those middle easterners and they're all kind of awkward and this a couple like white guys are up there or whatever they are like what what's this and then all of a sudden you see like a group of like six guys in first class that to put on headbands oh shit <laughs> you know and then when they finally charge them you know they like you know, with the cart and scalding hot water and all that stuff. It's crazy. And I don't know if that's the exact what happened, but I think that's what they pieced together that happened. But, man, that's a tough one to watch. God. Well, don't forget to check us out on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's important. It's important that people know and remember that uh, we used to be able to just hang out at the gate equally as crazy are the people that do go up there and don't realize they can't bring on hairspray, fucking everything under the sun. It's like, dude, this first time you've flown since 9-11? You should get a stamp on your passport (laughs) that says, you know, a special, there should be a special lane for fuck-ups. And there should be a lane like where there's no nothing. Like, what's that, that that easy pass, whatever the thing is now? Yeah, like they have a mortar. Clear, like, I don't even, that's not fast enough. Clear is pretty good. I had that for a couple of years when I was flying yeah. a lot. Clear, you walk up, you put your thumb down, you go like that, you walk past everything, and they put you right at doesn't, the... Didn't you feel a little weird, though, because you had to have a guy like guide you there? Yeah, it is and weird. And you like, cut the line, and was like, who's this? I like, did it, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't feel sorry. I do. Because, I do. The, because the flight attendants do it, the captains do it, all the staff does it. I'm just... I'm just special. Yeah. No, I paid a lot of money. That's why I'm going. There you if go. you want to, two hundred sixty dollars. <laughs> go and do it. It was good when it was free. I think it was like three months, and then once that thing dried up, and I tried to use it, I like was like fucking on back. Oh, and then they sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just see if this works one last yep. time. Yeah, for sure. Ah oh, man. Yeah, I used to get. Uh, I used to always get the um, 
The one where you don't have to take off your shoes, what do they call that? Pre-check? Pre-check. But I don't get pre-check ever again. I think they just, I get a random pre-check for a long time, and now you have to have to buy pre-check as well. And like anything, it's going to become uh, uh, an upgrade or something you pay for, a service you pay for. Yeah, yeah. The rich fly much more comfortably than the poor. Yeah. Speaking of poor, uh, no. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast, you guys. Thanks for coming, Bri. No problem. You're seriously going to come up and visit? Yeah, of course. Yeah? For sure. I need to get out of LA. I'll come on up there, bring you mail, see TJ, do this with you if you need me to, golf with TJ, come home. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. Yep. Thanks for listening, you guys. If you want a copy of my book, you can still get it on my website, LachlanPatterson.com. You can also check out videos there and episodes of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Ciao.